Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakre. 2-0 Rangers, Celtic are out of the Scottish Cup. The league is over, the cup is over, the season's over, and it ends in a manner of which that Celtic deserve for the season. It was absolutely embarrassing. And the performance, James, sums up the season. It was everything encapsulated. Yeah, it was like a crescendo of um, of, of misery. I, I just... Um, Uh, you know, when we do these shows, normally I try to be analytical. Um, it's a little harder right after a game, uh, especially one like that. You know, it, it's it, it's so I'm going to be emotional. I'm going to be upset. Um, I'm so angry. I'm so just disgusted. It is the the epitome of this season. The degree of hubris to think that you can go into a game against a team of Rangers level and that you can just do the same stuff that we've done all season, that after the group stage, I put this out on Twitter at halftime, after the group stage in the Europa League of the first five games, and then seeing what happened in the game a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, it, it's just incredible. It's incredible. The fine margins. I mean, literally, how many times do we have to watch our midfield get carved open like there's no one there? And and the diamond was supposed to address that because we're going to have better structure and better, uh, you know, more more uh, more people in the midfield. And it just was the same old story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the warning signs have been there. It's been over and over again. And you know, this has basically been one long testimonial. And I, the hubris. I, I just I, I don't know if it's hubris. Uh, uh, it, You know, incompetence, some combination of there above. I mean, I, it's just disgusting. And I'm wearing this, you know, God rest my my uncle's soul. Um, my uncle Les, who first started visiting in the late 90s. This is the 
the Celtic jersey from the 97-98 season when we stopped the 10 of Rangers. And, you know, as glorious as that season was, we won the league with 74 points, right? That that was a collapse by Rangers as much as it was, uh, you know, some great Celtic ascent. Um, and, and Rangers didn't win any. I don't think Rangers won any trophies that year either. Uh, so, you know, there's so much echoing of history here. This was just a, a collapse. And today, you know, we had a lot of good chances. I, it, we talked before we started the, the stream. I mean, 16 shots to nine. I think it was five to four on target. Mm. You know, we actually had some positive variants with, you know, the, the penalty. Um, but the midfield, again, it's the midfield. Oh, my God, how many times does Ryan Kent have to make a turn and have, you know, within 0.2 seconds, have five yards of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unbelievable how bad that performance was in many ways. But I suppose we'll talk about the goals and um, Celtic in front of goal. We'll get to them. But the, the goals for Rangers, the first one for Stephen Davis, I tweeted about this. It It was a perfect microcosm of every single issue that Celtic have had defensively this season. Callum McGregor takes a bad touch and suddenly Celtic are caught in, the, caught in the break. And instead of holding his position, Scott Brown comes charging in and gets sold a dummy. He's out of position. He's gone. Laxalt is too far forward. And then he, then he fails to stop the cross coming in. Nobody in the box strong enough to get a header on the deflected cross coming in. And Scott Bain can't save a shot that is, for me, I know maybe it's very close to him, so it's unfair to criticize him too much, but he probably could have did better for it as well. So like that's that's every single problem we identified this season happening again in the biggest game this season. Yeah, I mean, the, the finish reminded me of um, the one that Goldson had that, uh, you know, Barkas got slaughtered over. I mean, when you're that in that close proximity as a keeper, I mean, you know, it's pretty, that's tough. I mean, you'd like to see it happen, um, but that's the difference between somebody like McGregor and Forster and then a level of keeper like a Bain. I mean, it's just, you know, that's that's another example of the game today where they have a good keeper. We don't find margins, mm-hmm. right? So you're exactly right. Um, you know, the, the, the problem with the system, that this is why I have harped on this the entire season, is that when the person who's supposed to bail you out, when there are mistakes, when there are transitions, when there are issues that you know emerge, like McGregor making a mistake, like Laxalt being out of position, this is why we saw this with Soros so often, is that he has the pace, he has the athleticism, and he plays a little bit more defensively. He's less rash and diving in and you know into those, um, you know, trying to recover the ball, and. You know, we had none of those issues when Soro played mm-hmm. and yeah. we just revert right back to it. And it, it, it's so, of course, it was a mistake by McGregor. Of course, Laxalt, you know, did not play well. But the idea that Greg Taylor was going to come on. I mean, you saw the disparity in athleticism between Patterson and, and Taylor. I mean, Taylor got smoked as well. You know, mm-hmm. the idea that Greg Taylor would have made a huge difference in that first half. Uh, there, a lot of those were not positional issues. A lot of those were Patterson's a good player. He's got a lot of pace and he's actually very skillful. So the disparity in quality there is the problem and the athleticism. I mean, they were they were going through us when they had the ball on that side. 
like it was, you know, like we were Swiss cheese. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I kept going through my head the whole game, Swiss cheese, midfield, left side, Swiss cheese, right through it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think that was summed up in the, the fullbacks pretty much summed up the disparity between these sides. Because if you look at, and it's, it's a wider issue that I'm going to talk about probably in the Monday agenda tomorrow. Celtic were playing John Joe Kenny, who was brought in as a panic loanee because they sold Jeremy Frimpong without really having a replacement. Laxalt was brought in as a panic loanee because they had nobody there to fit for ball and golly and nobody to replace Greg Taylor. And then if you look at Greg Taylor trying to take on uh, Patterson, it was around the 65th minute and he had no pace at all to get past him. It just went out for a throw. John Joe Kenny was the exact same thing earlier on in the game, every single time there was space behind Barisic, he just didn't have the ability or pace to get behind him or anything like that there. So it was tough going forward. But then when you do get the chances, Odson Edouard was so far off it today. Yeah. So far off it. It was unbelievable. He looked like a five year old who was who was huffing through the game and just didn't want to be there at all. Yeah. No, now Alan uh you know, Alan talked about that on the preview show about um you know how how he just hasn't looked like he is is uh, maybe mentally vested and ready to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, now I will say this: you know uh, that potential finish that he had that they were hammering him on the broadcast. I mean, the ball was behind him. Mm. I mean, he 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 flicked his foot up with a back heel to even get to it. Like I would have dislocated my hip if I tried to do that. Uh, so the idea that he was going to, you know, that that was some kind of easy finish, um, you know, kind of the same with the, you know, the, the Griffiths one there at the end. I mean, it, we had some good clear cut chances, but, you know, some of them were not quite as good as they might have looked on, on you know, watching them live. And then again, we'll see this when we, we when we get the data maybe tomorrow on, um, on on XG and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, this is why I get so upset because as, as ridiculous as that game felt, because of how often they just stroll right through our midfield. But for me, anyway, I'm talking selfishly. This is me with my own biases, and I've been hammering on this issue the whole season. That game could have very easily gone the other way if we had just had a solid midfield. Meaning that, you know, again, 16 to 9 shots. That You know, McGregor was the one making the saves that kind of, you know, saved the game, pun mm-hmm. intended, right? I mean, Bain basically had the one you know, uh, save that he palmed right back to Morelos again, could have very easily been another goal. Um, but I mean, we, we, you know, and again, I, I've written about this and tweeted about, uh, their issues with Davis essentially too. I mean, you know, we, we played right through their middle at times as well. I mean, Turnbull was <laughs> creating stuff centrally and we were passing around their 36 year old midfielder as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it was like we were playing in a retirement league or something um, with, with the two midfielders, but yeah, I mean, great finish for Davis. I mean, obviously, but um, yeah, it it just, it's so frustrating as, as dramatic as it feels right now that, that it was a horrible performance intellectually. I know it wasn't like we had a lot of ball possession in threatening areas we had a lot of, you know, good chance. I mean, 16 shots is a lot more than we've had against them mm-hmm. um, in, in recent times. So I, why the persistence? I don't I, I don't know why I, I, I just it, it's driven me nuts all year. 
these flat earthers, this idea that we can get away with, you know, uh, a, a testimonial season, or now we wanted to win the cup for somebody. It's like, yeah. I'm, it, I'm sick of it. I'm at, I have been sick of it eight months ago. And now it's just like in the, in the heat of the passion, I want to put my head through the screen. Hmm. I just want to touch on this comment from Archie O'Neill that's saying, you know, are Celtic really unlucky for the third game in a row? I wouldn't say they are. Like, look, I, I, I think I think the point you're making, though, is James. If you look at the game, uh, if you look at the game from uh, like, let's go back at it. Celtic had the chance from Edward that he didn't take. They had the chance before that. Was it from uh, Mohamed El Yunusi that yeah, yeah, El Yunusi had a but, sitter and took they, a touch they, like an idiot? And yeah, they had the penalty so, one time that. Yeah, they they had the penalty as well, which Edward hit and missed. So like they had opportunities, and and, and Rebo could have had a second yellow on that. By the way, yeah, yeah, and like the the point we're making here is not that Celtic were the better team because I think it was no. a fairly balanced game. But Celtic, yes. like if Celtic off last season played or or two seasons ago played in that game the way that I, that's I think that's what's so frustrating about it is if you compare this team and the way that they played and the confidence that they were playing with and just even just the intensity and I don't know if that comes down to the fans not being in the stadium or what happens but compare that intensity of that game and the way that Edward was strolling through it to a couple of years ago when Musa Dembele scored a hat-trick in the old firm yeah well again that to, to me that's an apples to oranges that mm. that Rangers team was yeah, you know, no. The, apart from the, uh, take away the, the Rangers aspect they, of it, I just I just mean right. the way that Celtic played. With yeah, well, when you're playing against a team that's got a bunch of bad players on it, that makes it a lot easier. That's my point, right? So th- th- this this is a legit European level opponent. And this is why I go back to the hubris and the incompetence, right? The idea that we could play and and, and this whole season and then this game is a microcosm that you don't respect your opponent enough to field your best team. And we haven't done it. It's 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 pathetic. And and I mean, I've talked about this for months. The diamond with Soro, we conceded fifty percent less XG per game, and that was not because we were playing just Hamilton, right? We proved that against Lil, and wasn't even in the diamond. We proved it against Rangers on January second, right? So if we field our best team, we can compete against quality European level opponents. Lil might win the French league. Okay. And we won that game with Shane Duffy at center back and a guy who's off the Red Bull, New York, Patrick Klamala at striker. Right now, was it a dead rubber for them? It doesn't matter. I mean, the idea of the quality of the opponent, we looked like we belonged in that game. There were periods of this game when there's passages of play where we look like we are miles off of them, mm-hmm. man versus man, athletically. And we've talked about this with the set pieces as well, athletically. And, and that to me, is, you know, that's the microcosm here is that at, at the level that Celtics claims to be at and aspires to be supposedly to be making these decisions with clear evidence that they're the wrong decisions and to keep doing the same thing over and over again with the outcome that it has clearly ha- occur- occurred now, why is anyone surprised? Mm. And I, you know, I, I, I was optimistic to a degree coming in and I, you know, I even said it in the preview show, but I tweeted this morning when I saw the lineups, 
like when my 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 green and white tinted glasses started to fade and I got more in my real I I had a bad feeling, a really bad feeling. And it, and and it was based off of my analytical gut, mm-hmm. right? That this we were walking right into a buzzsaw again because we were going to have the same damn problem in midfield again. And, and you know what? If I was I, I I talked about this. I actually uh had an interaction with some Ranger supporters going into the game that the, the lineup I didn't want to see with them was Arfield in in the midfield three and either a Rebo or Itten on the wide right because that was going to give them better transition and I thought better transition against the diamond with Brown playing. And that I mean it's exactly what happened. I mean if and, and if they can see it and I can see it and clearly our opponents in Europe saw it because of what's going on I, what the hell are we doing? I, mm-hmm. the, so that, that that's so it's over now. You know yeah. now we can now we can have our weepy bye bye and you know like a like a fifteen year old that gets dumped by their first girlfriend. You know, and I'm pissed. I I told you I was going to get emotional. Mm-hmm. I sup- I guess the the answer to this is probably similar enough to the rest of it. But one thing that I noticed from this game was that. And it, it's happened in the the January game, and it's happened in in other games as well. Is that Celtic just sa- can't seem to sustain any sort of proper pressure on the opponent? That you know we might have five minutes good passage where we're we're getting chances, and we saw that in in this game again. But then after five, seven, eight minutes, it starts to fade, and then Rangers took control again. And I, I mean, yeah, well, that's, that, that's probably down to the midfield again as well. Yeah, it, we don't we don't control the midfield. So, and we don't we have the wrong fullbacks on the wrong team. Mm. You know, this goes back to the incoherence of the transfer windows. You know, we 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 sign fullbacks for an attacking uh, side that can't attack. Uh, and so they t- when they turn the ball over, like it, it's a you know, Alan and I talked about this when we did the fullback show back in what was it December. The the fact that you're creating, you have fullbacks high up the pitch. Every time there's a transition with Brown in midfield, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And you have two fullbacks where the outcome of whatever they're going to do with the ball is unlikely to be creative and create scoring opportunities. So therefore, the inevitable conclusion is going to be turnovers, misplaced passes, Right, we saw. I mean, Christie did not have a game. I don't think. We'll look at the, again. I'll look at the data again. But my 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 sense is that Christie wasn't uh, wasn't terrific today either. So every time, you know, you basically have McGregor who did not have a good game. But we've talked about that over and over again. That because he drops deep. I mean, Turnbull had to drop deep. We we because we don't have the right person playing in the number six role. Everything collapses down. And the transitions are a predictable train wreck. Mm-hmm. So, as we begin to round this off, then, and we'll we'll obviously do a breakdown off this more uh, deeply. Alan, Alan will calm me down. Yeah. Um, so, in my opinion, this game was a culmination of the entire season, and Celtic deserved to lose. Celtic deserved to go out because this is a result of, firstly maintaining faith in a manager who was clearly not going to turn it around for too long. It's been a failure of the uh, 
the structure within Celtic that we have now got to this stage of the season where we're still playing lone fullbacks, two lone fullbacks who were never really planned to be at the club before this season. We're out of the cup. We're out of the league is over, has been over for weeks. There's nothing at the end of the end of the road for me. And that is, that's the, the ultimate failure. And uh, Dominic Mackay starts his job tomorrow for Celtic. So I suppose looking forward, is is there going to be a managerial announcement this week because of this result? Like, is is this the perfect time to do it for them? Yeah, right? I mean, that, that, who knows? I mean, that, based off of the rumors you hear, that that's to, to me, it's not so much whether there's an announcement. It's going to be who's involved in the structure and the setup behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, you, you make a, you know, it, it the Mount Rushmore of the failure this season are the obvious people, right? So, you know, it, it, the fact that um, we're going to have some new people coming in can only be a positive. Uh, so, as they say, from the ashes rises the, the phoenix. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard to get worse than what we've seen this season. So, the, I mean, there's going to be some optimism. There's going to be some reason for optimism meaning that this has been so utterly pathetically bad and incompetent in so many different ways, up and down throughout the club. There's so much responsibility to go up and down from the prior manager, the current manager, the CEO, the majority shareholder, the board. I mean, th- th- this has been a mess. And there's no way as outsiders to know who made what decisions and what the actual politics was behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank goodness the chapter is going to turn. And that's the one, you know, positive coming out of this today is it's over. This is it. Mm-hmm. From all, now on, the games don't mean anything. And Makai can come in and hopefully they clean house. I'm skeptical on that too. We'll see. Um, we shall, we shall uh, see. James, I think we'll leave it there because I think we both need to go and just settle down. I need, but. I need to go lay down. Yeah. All right, guys, everyone who is watching online on YouTube, thanks for watching. And we'll be back again on Thursday with a more analytical side to this breakdown. <laughs> that was the emotional side. We got it out of our system. We'll chat to you later. I'll be back with the Monday agenda tomorrow as well. So I'll look a bit more deep at this game as well. Thanks for watching.
Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now, during the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakre.